You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast, where you'll learn how you can use direct-to-fan marketing strategies to grow your fan base and generate income from your music with no record label, radio, airplay, touring, or press. And I'm your host, John Ojaka. All right, John Ojaka here, and thanks for tuning in to episode number 32 of the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. Now, in today's episode, I'm going to teach you how to grow your fan base using Facebook ads for just $5 a day. Now, this strategy varies from many of the other Facebook ad strategies that I teach in that it's a little bit less focused on lead generation and more focused on slow and steady growth for the artist who's maybe new to marketing, has had a hard time with Facebook ads in the past, or who just wants to spend more time being focused focused on music and creativity than they do, at least initially, on marketing. Then, once you gain a bit of confidence in the process, start to figure out what works and what doesn't, uh, and see that audience grow, you can then perhaps transition into a more advanced advertising strategy. Now, I'm sharing this strategy as part of the buildup to the release of my brand new course, Music Ads Workshop 3.0. Now, as its moniker might suggest, this is the third edition of Music Ads Workshop, uh, and it's a brand new program with all new strategies and lessons designed to teach you how to use Facebook ads to promote your music in light of the many changes that have taken place in the Facebook ad network over the last year or so. This will be a complete A to Z of Facebook advertising, and it's been designed to be the definitive guide to Facebook advertising for musicians. Now, this goes live on December 6th, so it's coming up here, uh, and there will be a special early bird discount and bonus for everyone who registers quick uh, to learn more or to get on that early bird list, then head on over to musicadsworkshop.com. Again, that's musicadsworkshop.com. So with that out of the way, uh, I think it's time we just jump into the meat of this episode. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll be joined again by a vendor, Carlson, from One Bad Day. He sat in with us on the last episode. He's here again to help, I don't know, keep things interesting, and at the very least, uh, stop me from having to stare at a wall for 45 minutes while I talk to myself. So that's it. Uh, And when we return, again, I'm going to show you how to grow your fan base using Facebook ads for just $5 a day. Back in a sec. You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto Podcast. All right. On the line with me is Avinder Carlson. Did I get it that time? Did I pronounce your name correctly? You did not. I did not. Again. <laughs> but almost. Man, what people don't realize <laughs> is this is, emphasis wrong. this is like the third take. And I, I just, I apparently have <laughs> yeah. a terrible Icelandic accent. So how, how do we well, pronounce your name? Most people, most people can't pronounce Icelandic and it's fine. There are more people in the world that speak Klingon than Icelandic. So That's crazy. You, <laughs> well, yeah, that's a fact. Right. Uh, but you know, it's it's Avinder. The uh, emphasis is on the first syllable. Avinder, because you see that yeah. sounds that sounds the sounds the same to me. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> Avinder Carlson uh, from from One Bad Day. Uh, you can learn more about his uh, his musical project. Uh, I don't know how 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 you refer to that when it's sort of a solo uh, artist driven band. But One Bad Day dot rocks uh, and sign up for some of his music. Check it out. It is genuinely it is good stuff. I actually he's one of the few few students who I've uh, he's an MMM member an inside a circle member one of the few students who I've I've actually gone and just without uh, prodding signed up to get some free music because I, I thought it was great stuff so check uh, it. that's so sweet I'll pay you later <laughs> yeah yep uh, no no it's sincerely do it um, so Okay, he's here today to well liven up the podcast, make things more interesting, and kind of be kind of be the the voice of for you guys to sort of ask the questions that you know I might I might not realize that I should be addressing, and I'll ask uh, the stupid questions. <laughs> sure, sure, um, <laughs> maybe even some smart ones. Um, Who knows? But, but uh, keep, you know, liven up the conversation, make things more fun because otherwise it's just me staring at a at a wall talking to myself for for God knows how long. So that's what we're gonna do. Um, uh, as I've said before the break, we're going to be talking about uh, a $5 a day Facebook ad strategy, how you can promote your your music using Facebook ads, using paid ads on just $5 a day. Because 
As I think most listeners know, uh, I have a course called Music Marketing Manifesto, uh, and in that strategy, I teach you how to drive traffic, build your mailing list, and sell stuff to that mailing list, and that's 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 a very sort of serious and effective marketing strategy that I've been I've been teaching for gosh almost a decade now in different incarnations and and all of that. But it's also intimidating, you know. It's as I say, it's a it's a serious strategy that takes a real investment. There is risk anytime you get into paid advertising, and and as someone who's been at this for a very long time, uh, at, at marketing, that is, it's not the it's not the only play I have in my my marketing playbook. And there there are others. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today is one of those. This is a strategy that I use to recently build. Well, turn a passion project into a small business. So I'm, I'm a craft beer nerd. Uh, I have a podcast. Uh, I'm living in New Zealand at the moment. So I started a New Zealand uh, beer podcast called New Zealand Brewer and really just started as uh, some, something that I wanted to do for, I don't know, enjoyment and be part of the, the New Zealand beer scene. And I started promoting it on $5 a day. At On most days, I'm spending $5 to grow it much more slowly than I would ever I would ever uh, do uh, if I was to sort of take on a client and really try and build their fan base. Um, but on just $5 a day, I've, I've been able to, over the course of about a year, build an audience and then monetize that audience. And it makes about $1,000 a month if I if I stick to schedule and keep releasing uh, episodes. And, and while there are certainly some nuances that are different to promoting a podcast versus you know selling your music, the fundamentals are ultimately the same. All we're doing, no matter really what your business model is, uh, is that we are growing an audience and then we are monetizing that audience. And you can do that whether you spend $200 a day or $2 a day. And so we're going to be focusing on a strategy that allows you to do that with a, a lot less risk. Again, I say $5. You can spend $2, $3. The point is just to invest a little bit of money uh, into your audience, into growing that audience over a longer period of time, this is a great way to sort of experiment, get your feet wet for those who maybe don't take so naturally to the whole uh, advertising thing. You know, this is an alternative strategy for some of you guys. I'm not suggesting that this should replace the the broader strategy, the more aggressive strategy that I teach in MMM. Frankly, I don't think that it should. But this is an this is an alternative, and uh, it comes up a lot. You know, people who are kind of going, well, I don't have you know twenty, thirty, forty dollars a day to invest in ads, um, or I I've tried it a little bit, but it was hard. What can I do? Well, that's what we're going to be covering. Uh, that's the strategy that I'm going to be teaching in today's podcast episode because it was brought to my attention that I haven't done any sort of actionable content in a while. Uh, where I just you know teach you, hey, go do X Y Z, and you'll get you know this result. So so this is an attempt to uh, you know to to do exactly that. And because of the new uh, music ads workshop 3.0 that's coming out soon, I thought you know let's let's stick with the Facebook uh, theme and and I don't know it'll be a few weeks of all things Facebook. So. All that rambling out of the way, uh, Evander, uh, why, as, as an MMM member, an Insider Circle member, why Facebook ads? You, you've had some experience now with them. You know, why should, we, why should independent musicians be experimenting with Facebook ads or, or even care about them at all? Well, uh, to me, it's, it's a very easy way to find the people that you want to speak to, that you want to or sing to. <laughs> or, uh, right, right. you know, uh, you know, presumably you as a, an artist, you have something to say and you want to find the people who want to listen to what you have to say. And uh, Facebook is a very powerful way to hone in on that. Sure, sure. Well, uh, in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you think about all the work that goes into touring, all the money, all the expense, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to jump in a van and and hit the road. Also, you can expose your music to new people uh, and, and grow that audience. It becomes a bit of a, a no brainer because often with ads, you can spend just a few dollars and get exposed in some cases, sadly, to the same number of people. Now, this is not to say that, you know, anytime I suggest that, you know, you, you can do well with advertising as opposed to touring. I get a, a hundred musicians saying, you know, who doesn't want to tour? And I'm suddenly the, the, <laughs> the devil. Touring is a good yeah. thing and, and it should be, it's part of every healthy career. I'm just saying that Facebook advertising can allow you to scale in, in ways that touring simply can't. Um, but And, and, and uh, complement it as well. I yeah, mean, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Make make your touring uh, easier and better. Absolutely. You can use ads to promote those tours and build an audience in new locations so that you can go and and start adding new venues to your touring route and generate more more money more frequently. Um, But with so with this five dollar a day strategy and who this is ultimately for is is the person who I think, uh, well, again, is either maybe maybe has experimented a little bit with Facebook ads and had a hard time or just is really limited in terms of their budget is not ready to start spending 20 30 dollars a day or more on a more serious uh, Facebook campaign this is for that person who who well you know you've said this in our conversations I think a lot of musicians kind of come to this going well, you know what is all this marketing stuff I'm a musician not a marketer yeah. and they're not ready to to wear that hat yet or or embrace these concepts and yet they they do want to take action to kind of further their career. So with this strategy and how it's different than something like uh, what I teach in MMM is it a lot, it really requires you to stay focused on being a, a better musician or at least a better content creator, whether we like it or not. I think the new job description in the current, you know, and future sort of music industry, at least as in, well, I was going to say as independent artists, but I think it's true of mainstream artists as well. But we, we, we create channels, you know, we're not mm-hmm. just making music, we're creating channels. Now it's a music related channel, but we are putting out content for people to engage with. Often that's free music or it could be music videos, uh, but often it's blog posts talking about our experiences as either musicians are just human beings and 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 making those kinds of of connections we're we're tribe leaders you know we're creating tribes not just releasing songs and we're trying to find an audience for that content um, because of the you know there's that old adage if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it doesn't yeah. make a sound you know i'm not so sure that it does um no, it doesn't I've, I've tried that <laughs> you tested it right yeah i wasn't um, there and i didn't hear it <laughs> it's crazy see well yeah. I'm, I'm i'm on to something um but <laughs> but, but uh we, with this strategy again instead of donning our marketing hats and obsessing about roi return on investment instead of worrying about making sure every little metric is just right we're simply going to focus on becoming better and more consistent content creators. We're going to we're going to really focus on creating that music channel, and then we're just going to spend. Again, we're going to view it as an investment, but we're going to spend a little bit of money, uh, uh, making sure that and audience gets exposed to that content and in doing that not only are we going to build a following because we're still going to be we're still going to capture leads we're still going to grow our mailing list from this we're going to put little calls to action throughout this we're still going to sell stuff we're just not so much going to worry about whether or not every single dollar generates at least you know a dollar and one cent in return. And in time, you know, over a year or two or however long it ultimately takes you, you're, you're going to see that, whoa, you're going to turn around and go, I now have an audience of thousands of people. I've got hundreds, if not thousands of people on my mailing list. I've got all these social media followers. But even more importantly, I think you're going to become better at what you do. You're going to learn what works, what doesn't, what people respond to, what they don't. You're going to start in, um, engaging with these fans and feel much, much more ready uh, when that next album comes out to uh, take a more serious stab at this and invest you know, more serious money into a real uh, uh, ad campaign. I think, that's, I think a lot yeah. of people don't realize this about MMM. This I'm teaching you how to build a business, not you know, spend five dollars and suddenly become famous. And and in doing that, there's a learning curve, and it takes an investment of of real money. You can't you can't get a hundred thousand fans spending fifty bucks. You know, you just exactly. You just and can't. just to jump in, mm-hmm. uh, just because I know probably a lot of uh, your listeners uh, might be in the same boat as I was when I first discovered MMM. Uh, and it feels, you know, it's, it's easy to feel very insecure about, you know, starting the whole, you know, as I, as I put it, marketing with a capital M, uh, when, when you're, when the thing that you're marketing is you. Right. And, and so this, to me, the way you've described what you're now going to describe to everybody, okay. uh, what, what it sounds like to me is, oh, this feels a lot less intimidating Yeah. to well, begin with, you know. 
for sure, for sure, it is. So let's get into it. Let's let's talk about what you need to do. And it's it, it's a chal- It's a little challenging, I suppose, doing this in a podcast because it's something where uh, you know normally I do this in a video, but uh, we're gonna do it in a podcast. And I'll I'll wherever I think something's necessary, I'll reference a screenshot. We'll call them screenshot A, B, C, that kind of a thing, and I'll put them in the post associated with this episode. So I think this is is this thirty one or was last one thirty one? It's thirty one or. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> I have no, no idea. this is 32. Last one okay. was 31. Okay. So this will be podcast episode number 32. And in the post, uh, I'll insert a few screenshots um, where we're relevant. And let's see. Awesome. So first thing you want to do um, is, uh, again, I think commit to a content creation schedule. Do you have to be militant about it? No, you definitely don't. I'm the worst at, at, at sticking to schedules. Um <laughs> But at least in your mind, just tell yourself, okay, you know, once a week, I'm going to put out some content uh, or once a month or once every two weeks or whatever you can ultimately do. I always tell myself I'm going to do it once a week and I end up doing it once every two or three weeks, even when I'm doing well. Um, and, and that's why I say it's not important that it's that consistent, you know, it's 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 not important that it's incredibly consistent, but it is important that you kind of at least hypothetically committed to some kind of kind of a schedule because without that repetition, I don't think this is going to work as well. And then think about how you're going to ultimately communicate with these, uh, this audience. Um, this is going to be different for everybody. Some people are great firing up uh, their, well, I was going to say webcam, but I guess long gone are the days of webcams. Now we're just cranking up our phone and talking into a phone. Um, I still use a webcam. Do, do you? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, for, for live streaming, that's the best part, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I guess I do. And that is, I, I suppose, just, uh, I'm sorry to, to interrupt, but uh, live streaming could be one of these could be a way to engage, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just about creating. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's about creating content for your particular audience um, and figuring out the modality in which you're most comfortable with. Again, is that video? Is that writing? Is that just sharing music? Is it all, all, all of the above? Um, And, and and start thinking about that. Um, But I, I think the most important thing before we do all of this is kind of just getting real about, what's actually happening here when we get into marketing you know it's not enough to think you're a great artist it's not enough to and sometimes to be a great artist we Mm -hmm. are trying to create a message to market match that is the really that's the most important overriding principle of advertising or marketing or success with any kind of business and as musicians trying to make money you are a business um and so we need to be thinking about the audience that we're targeting. You know, what kind of music do you make? Are you going after uh, Dr. Dre fans or Beyonce fans or Bob Dylan fans? You know, who are you going after? Are they are they 60 years old? Are they 20 years old? How do they speak? What movies do they like? What clothes do they wear? Um, and, and more importantly, what is important to them? So it's mm-hmm. not, you know, I don't think a stranger cares that somebody they've never heard of is in the studio again. You know, they you need to figure out what that hook is. We talk about this a lot in MMM about creating the USP, the unique selling proposition. What is it about what you do that is special and is going to appeal to the audience that you are going to initially target? And who should you initially target? Um, Targeting is a massive subject. It's something I cover in MMM. It's something I'll be covering a lot in the upcoming Music Ads Workshop. But let's keep it really simple for now. And and we're going to say you're just going to do some basic common sense guessing. Who who are you a mm-hmm. fan of? Who do your friends think you sound like? I'm always amazed that this is a this is challenging for some artists. They just don't know who they sound like. Ask some people if you have to post something on Facebook. Do what you need. Just take your best guess and don't overthink it because we're we're just starting. This is just a starting point. Um, and think about let's let's say you decide that new young fans are going to make the perfect you know audience for you so what's it and, and how old are they are they men are they women what is uh and let's say you decide they're they're men that are 40 years old and they like neil young that's your ideal fan now what is going to be important to a 40 year old male neil young fan and ultimately only you can answer that but but it 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 boils down to the experience that a person 
in uh, the matches that demographic profile is ultimately seeking from music because we don't we don't care about downloads we don't care about albums we care about uh, feeling more connected to some aspect of life uh, when we listen to the music that we ultimately listen to whether it's wanting to uh, party um, with mm-hmm. say dance music or have some deep meaningful experience Experience and, and and think about profound uh, the profound aspects of life through through more lyric oriented music and you know and the and the list goes on. Yeah. So figure out one wh- thing. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, one thing that I uh, I did once uh, that really helped me just get a little uh, get closer to that you know that idea of the uh, USP uh-huh. was thinking about the artists that I was uh, that I mostly get associated with, which in my case is usually Tom Waits. Right. And, and I try to remember, and this obviously probably won't work for everybody, but I, because maybe it was too far back, but I tried to remember when I first got into Tom Waits, why he was fascinating to me. Right. Right. And, and, and tried to put myself in that first as a, you know, when I first, when I hadn't heard about Tom Waits before, what was the message that got me in, interested? Right. Which, you know, is, uh, for me, that was very helpful. Totally. totally. Does well, that make sense? It does. And I think about that a lot. So Bob Dylan is, you know, a favorite of mine. And I think about a few sentiments that I, I heard expressed from journalists about about Bob Dylan and that really connected with me. You know, one being that he was, uh, I think the New York Times said something in his first review that he was a comedian uh, mixed with a tragedian, I think they called it. You know, so he mixed tragedy yeah. and comedy. And I remember being young and really connecting to that idea and liking those two things together. Um, I also remember somebody saying that when that first snare drum cracked to the song, like a rolling stone, it was like the door to the mind of rock and roll being open for the very first time, you know? So this idea of, again, with Bob Dylan was intellect being introduced to more poppy at the time, modern themes. And that, that mix of, of, old and new of of this ancient he sort of had the soul of an ancient blues singer with the mind of a modern rebel you know and i thought that i thought that that was a really cool combination and i could very easily write copy today using those same themes like you just described by going back to the things that excited me about bob dylan and if i was trying to attract the attention of bob dylan i could i could create a usb a unique selling proposition or at least define a unique selling proposition based on some of those ideas another thing that you can do and this is a really simple, but I've found it very helpful trick to writing better copy and honing in on some of the messages that you ultimately might want to be tapping into. But um, uh Figuring out who it is you're ultimately going after and then finding some reviews and well-established maybe uh, uh, magazines or online sites like Pitchfork and Rolling Stone and figuring out how leading journalists uh, that cover a particular genre talk about the artists that you feel are similar and and lifting some of those themes that you think also apply to you. We're not talking about ripping off, but, you know, borrowing some ideas and themes and some of the language that is described that can shortcut the process. But it's really in some cases like what help another thing that i did with with the tom waits was you can look uh, was i looked for quotes from tom waits because obviously he has a very unique way of speaking so if you if you have somebody who has a completely unique voice uh seeing how they describe their own music sure, can, sure. can be helpful yeah absolutely absolutely um but Again, not to overcomplicate it, at the end of the day, all we're really trying to do is establish the hook. What is the reason that a Neil Young fan or a Tom Waits fan or a Dr. Dre fan or a Beyonce fan is ultimately going to care about a new artist? What is it that they're seeking for music? And then remember that as you create the content that you do. And think about, again, the, demog- the who they are, their lifestyle. Are they someone who watches videos or reads blog posts? Do they, you know, because not every audience wants to read a 1,200-word blog post, and yet others absolutely sort of would just about require it in order to sort of exp- find that sort of deeper connection with, with an individual. So it's really about your particular audience. And then regardless of what we... Ultimately, you know, the kind of content that we're going to share, we're typically going to either share this directly on our social feeds because you can do this without a blog or anything like that. Or we're going to and I tend to I tend to do this pretty, pretty much with everything I create 
uh, or everything I share on, on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, I will create something on my blog, you know? So if it's a simple video, I'll just embed it. I'll have a headline, a few sentences is all it really takes. But below every single uh, post, I'll have an opt-in form. Now I have an opt-in form on the right-hand side of every page of my site as well that tells them if they enter the name and email address, they can get some free music. But I'll also with this strategy, I'll also put uh, uh, an opt-in form below the content. So in between the content and the comments. And I'll use a different sort of layout, like a long kind of skinny horizontal layout without an arrow. And the reason I do that is because when they're scrolling, when they get to the bottom, when if they're still reading, I want the next thing they see to be, and you can, you know, download my latest single for free here. Um, and this is just so that we can pick up some subscribers. Um, yeah. Because that, you know, that's probably the most valuable asset you're ever going to have in your music career is that mailing list. But it's not the end all be all like it would be with the strategy I teach in MMM. The strategy in MMM is all about mailing, uh, building that mailing list. This is we're, we're focused on that, but it's it's not it's not the sole goal of this strategy. And let's see here. Um, I've got notes here to make sure that I don't skip anything. So now now. You might be approaching this from one of two places. Most of you probably have some audience. You know, you've got some sort of a Facebook following. Um, you've got, uh, you know, some kind of a mailing list, some kind of a website, some kind of interest in your career. But if you don't, you're going to start off building that interest by doing the more general targeting, the interest targeting. So we're whenever you, what you're going to be doing is, again, deciding on some kind of a rough content schedule you're going to be sharing content you're going to be creating that music channel giving your audience the the kind of content that they're likely to be interested in and that um, is inspiring for you to create even if you just put out a new song once a month and created a lyric video and posted that if it was that simple that would be enough embed it in a post and share it with your list once a month whatever you can ultimately do to be and and again i think that's part of the beauty of this. You'll get better at that in time as you see what mm -hmm. people respond to. And then you're going to go and you're going to create a Facebook ad, a simple Facebook ad. It can be as simple as boosting a post. You don't, We don't have to overthink this. But typically the objective is traffic. So when you set up a Facebook ad, you've got a, a bunch of different objectives. It can be traffic, conversions, engagement, video views, and the list goes on. We're going to be focused on traffic. I want to get people over to my website. I want to get them exposed to that opt-in form. And I want to pixel them so that I can retarget them. Um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna run an ad that simply has a simple post, you know, a couple of sentences uh, saying, let's say it was a, a lyric video, you know, check out my latest song. Just posted the video of X Y Z on my site, and some kind of a descriptor, you know, a description that again hammers the experience. You know, what is cool about that video? Why should that person care? Um, and then mm -hmm. link to your your site and in time what's going to happen is that you are going to build up an audience both figuratively and literally so facebook has something called custom audiences i know many of you know this um, it's not too difficult you go to your ads manager and you click on the sort of three lines in the upper left hand side of the screen at least as of this recording they change things a lot um, but you click on that and you'll see something called custom audiences you follow the prompts uh, and you can create a custom audience so once we've got again we've had we've we've spent a little bit of money we've got a little bit of traction you can start off doing this if you've already you know, had had you've already got some traction, you've already got an audience to some extent, and you're going to create um, at least four different custom audiences. So what I do is I create a custom audience based on my email list. So again, it's pretty self-explanatory. I don't know how to cover it thoroughly within a podcast. Um, certainly something that I cover uh, in MMM and will be covering extensively in the Music Ads Workshop. But it should be pretty clear if you go there. I'm not trying to sort of, you know, make it sound like you need to buy the course to do this. It should all be there. And Facebook has some tutorials as well. Um, 
but or sh- and when I say should all be there, it should be self-explanatory once in the custom audiences area. And you can you create a custom audience based on a customer file. Then you take any existing subscribers you have and you upload them uh, and you name it something like, you know, email list. Then you're going to go and create a lookalike audience. So for your lookalike audience, you're going to take whatever your most valuable audience is. If you've got a if you've got a thousand customers, that that they don't uh, they don't get it doesn't get better than that. You know, you're going to upload your customer audience. If you don't have a lot of customers, but you've got a mailing list of at least you know a few hundred people, then we're gonna we're gonna use that. If you don't have a mailing list, then we're gonna use website traffic, people who've been on your website. If you don't have that, then we're gonna use uh, let's say your Facebook page, people who like your page. My only warning would be there. If you've spent money buying a lot of likes for social proof, then you probably don't want to use a lookalike audience based on them because they won't be very valuable to you. Um, so again, we're, we're but we're going to pick whatever our most valuable uh, custom audience is, and then we're going to create a lookalike audience. So first, you'd create that custom audience. Um, usually, it's the it's the for most of you, it's probably going to be the email list, which you would have already created. Um, per my instructions a moment ago, then you're going to go and create a lookalike audience based on that email uh, list. So you, uh, you'll see the option there, create a lookalike audience. The source would be your email list. Um, and you would select the country or countries that you plan on targeting. Again, uh, I, I would, I would, I would stick with the country for now, the countries that you plan on touring. And I know everyone wants to go international, but let's make our ad, let's make, our, let's spend our ad budget as wisely as possible and let's try to build an audience in an area where we uh, plan to tour so that uh, you know we, we make a little bit more return on this audience from ticket sales as well. Um, and then I'm going to create a uh, custom audience based on engagement and I'm going to select all website traffic. And then I'm going to create a fourth custom audience um, based on people who have engaged uh, with my Facebook page within uh, whatever the maximum is. I can't remember if it's 180 days or 365 without looking at it, but whatever the maximum amount of time is. And so now I've got four. And again, if you don't have uh, these audiences to begin with, uh, you're going to start with the more general interest targeting. Again, that would be Bob Dylan or Neil Young or Dr. Dre or whoever you thought uh, was most similar to you. And eventually- Can I jump in just a second? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Just uh, uh, those custom audiences, um, because I don't know, I think think you sort of brushed over it a little bit. Uh, How big- should those audiences be roughly? I mean, yeah. How how small is too small? Well, for our purposes, uh, it doesn't. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it it doesn't matter so much. So something like the strategies I teach in MMM, it does matter. You really need to have a pretty decent size audience uh, in order uh, for Facebook's algorithm to have enough data to really hone in on that that tier that is most likely to to work for you. However, um, again we're spending such a small amount of money and we're and a a good portion of that is going to be on retargeting remember we're going to be targeting people that and i I haven't quite spit all of that out but we're going to be targeting people that have been on our website engaged with our facebook page and are already on our mailing list a good portion of the the traffic that we're going to be buying is going to be retargeting our existing audience and bringing them back and that's incredibly healthy a smaller percentage is going to be going out to new people um based on the lookalike audience um and uh so normally the facebook's going to tell you your audience needs to be at least 20 people strong that takes about a day to get that you know so everybody should have an audience of at least 20 people in there and that that lookalike audience is going to become more and more and more valuable to you in time the more people that again the that lookalike audience is going to be based on that growing mailing list and by the way you you can if if you it depends on how you create the lookalike audience you know some of you might create it on website traffic some of you might create it based on people who like your page um and uh, uh, others might create it based on the mailing list. If you're creating it on a mailing list, then just make sure that every month or so or a few weeks you're going in and adding all the new subscribers so it continues to grow and becomes more and more sort of laser targeted. Um, 
But then when you when you create the content, so you create something on your blog and then you share it on Facebook, then you're going to go into your ad manager, create an ad. You can do this with a boosted post, but I do it within the ad manager because you have additional objectives and there's a little more you can do. Um, and I will set up an ad. The objective that I choose will be traffic. And I will, uh, when I... Uh, and instead of creating an ad and needing to worry about all that, I'll just select an existing post. There's a sort of tab there when you get to the ad creation step in the process. And uh, you can either create an ad or select an existing post. I select an existing post, the content that I created on Facebook um, that was designed to to promote the content that I created or pu- published on my site. And I will, I will promote that. And uh, for my audience... Again, once I get out of that sort of initial interest stage, I will add four custom audiences. So I will target my email list, uh, my lookalike audience, uh, my uh, website traffic audience, and the people who've engaged with my Facebook page in the last 180 days. Um, And I just do those four things every single time. And again, I spend that $5 a day. And inevitably, people engage with your content and they click through. And frankly, you tend to get pretty cheap clicks this way because a lot of the the traffic is retargeting. Um, And, you know, these are people that already like you. They've already engaged with your content. They're already on your mailing list. They're already familiar with you. So uh, the click-through rate is really strong. The ads are really healthy. And your lookalike audience keeps growing. And what I do is each week or so, or at least every time I'm done sort of with uh, a post, uh, and you know, once I move on to the next Facebook post that I want to promote, I go through, I take, I click on all of the likes, you know, I might get a hundred likes or something on a post, might be less. And I'll, uh, you can do this on mobile or desktop. And I'll just look at, uh, if you've never done this, you, when you click on that, a window will pop up and you can see all of the users that have liked a post and you can see whether or not they like your page or not. And if they don't, it'll say invite. And I click on that uh, on, on every single person. It only takes a minute or two and invite all of those people to like the page. Again, these are people who have already liked your post. So we're not just in ri- inviting randoms that are never going to care about it. These are people who've indicated that they liked your content, but just never thought to click through and like your page or 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 perhaps what weren't ready to um mm-hmm. and i find that a huge percentage of those people then take me up on the invitation and like my page and the and the page grows and then when the next uh bit of content goes out i have a bigger organic audience i get more um organic uh, engagement and i've seen i've seen huge uh results from just this uh thing alone just yeah. the invites uh, yeah. for, for myself just uh one thing uh i'm assuming and uh, you know well i mean i'm pretty sure but uh because you're targeting uh these four different lookalike audiences in or, one or in one ad audiences. set in one single yeah. ad set yeah and so i'm assuming there's a lot of overlap but that presumably doesn't matter it doesn't it doesn't matter because it's in one ad set if they were in different yeah. ads there would be steps that you would take to exclude different audiences so that overlap wouldn't so you wouldn't effectively be bidding against yourself but for us it doesn't right. matter facebook okay. is going to look at your pool which is going to be quite big because you've got a lookalike audience in there and lookalike audiences mm-hmm. are, are huge but your tiny audiences are going to be laser targeted so so it's it's I found it anyway to be at least with this kind of a budget. I don't do this on my big budget campaigns uh, for reasons perhaps too confusing to explain right now. Um, but with these tiny budgets, they work really well. And the end result is a very healthy little ecosystem of returning fans and new fans that continue to grow um, that have a really strong um, engagement. And yeah. again, that engagement, I don't know, it, it, I, it's, it, you learn so much a year of doing this and actually, you know, imagine performing in your rehearsal room versus performing in front of a live audience. There's no way to get good, uh, faster than performing for real people. It's some, it's a different process and marketing is, uh, the same thing to an extent when you're sharing that content with real people and their your whole perspective of what you're doing just changes and you become better at it 
and you become because our job description is not just musician as i said earlier it's create a channel a music related channel in order to succeed you need to become better at that and you will become better once you do this on a regular basis to a real organic audience and yeah and, and going i'm sorry did i cut you off no 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 go on uh, no, just uh, just to go back to uh, what we were discussing uh, in the introduction that, you know, it gets it becomes a little bit intimidating. The idea, you know, when you when you're just starting out, uh, the idea of marketing yourself. And I think, uh, you know, if you don't have any idea of how to approach this, this sounds like a great way to engage with people and get to know what they care about. If that's something that you don't have any idea about in the mm -hmm. beginning, mm -hmm. you know, this, this seems like a great way to interact with real people. Again, you know, it's, if you're, when you're playing live, you're interacting with real people and you don't have any idea what it's going to be like before you do it. And then, you know, it's terrifying at first and then you get better and better and hopefully it gets a little bit less terrifying as you go along. Right, right. Well, and again, just to kind of summarize again and, and really try to nail down why this is important. It's important because success is building an audience that cares about what you do, what you have to say, and the content that you're creating, and then finding ways to monetize that. Going back to my podcast episode, I do that with advertising. I've got the attention of an audience, and I can monetize that audience through advertising. Um, I may launch a Patreon campaign to share additional content with those people, uh, uh, with that audience, and I can monetize it that way, just as musicians can. So it's, it's really that simple. Now, once you have a few wins under your belt. So let's say, let's say you do this for a year, you build uh, a few thousand real fans on, on Facebook and on your mailing list, doing the slow passive approach. You've got people that care about what, what you do. You've got a better sense of what it is that you're good at. And then you turn to that audience and you say, okay, I'm launching a Patreon campaign so that I can ultimately scale things up, make more music and and reach new, more people with a bigger marketing budget. Now you can get into the, the more aggressive MMM style strategy where you're you're building that list rapidly and getting 20, 30, 40 leads uh, a day. Uh, and and you'll have a you that well there won't be any mystery you'll know what your uh, subscriber value is because you'll have that mailing list and you'll be able to look at how much money you've been able to make over a longer period of time and you'll be able to invest in effectively buying a new audience through a more aggressive advertising campaign so again I don't mean to make it sound like you need to spend a year on this baby tiny little budget um, before you can get there frankly for me I'd I'd come out swinging um, but I'm comfortable with advertising and I'm comfortable with the risks involved and this is a strategy for those that aren't and for those who want to take uh, you know a slower more organic approach and, and as you said or maybe kind of not sure that they're ready to become um, marketers with a capital M and want to stay focused on just being creative people um, I think this is a great way to start and there's nothing by the way that says you can't turn that five dollars into ten dollars into twenty dollars and so forth but at some point I think it's going to behoove you to uh, spend it on lead generation as opposed to uh, just uh, growing a more organic audience. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I had one uh, question before, uh, you know, depending on you, you one, one, um, one approach would be videos, as you mentioned. Sure. And uh, I'm assuming that you're probably better off using Facebook videos and embedding those rather than YouTube? Yeah, well, I, I do that. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing YouTube, but with Facebook, you can create lookalike audiences based on people that have watched, uh, you know, a certain percentage of your video. In fact, that's yeah. that's a great lookalike. Uh, you know, those can be very valuable lookalike audiences. Let's say you get a lot of people watching more than 75% of a video, something like that, and you create a lookalike mm -hmm. audience based on that. These are people very likely to like your music because they they stuck around and and watched quite a lot of it. Um, it's also harder than you think to get a sizable audience who has watched at least um, seventy five percent of a video. When you look at the actual yeah. stats, it's a bit depressing. It's a lot of people watching yeah. for for a second um, or yeah. two. But uh, but yes, you'll eventually get there. And that kind of a, that's that's what I do for the most part for that reason that you've outlined is because um, 
Yeah. Uh, it allows me to build a lookalike audience. And when, and by the way, just to give you a glimpse at what a big successful campaign looks like where you're spending hundreds of dollars a day, um, you know, it's usually made up of quite a few lookalike audiences. Those are a big part of, um, of scaling your success or, you know, a, a scaled campaign. So, yeah. um, that, yeah, that is, that is what I do. And I think a lot of people uh, are really going to kind of jump into this, not sure uh, or very unclear or not confident about what they should be doing. So lead with the music. But it, you're just going to have to trust me that as you start to get these engagements and people ask questions, it's going to become much clearer, much more quickly what you should be writing about. And that's what will lead to the blog posts or the sort of more talking head videos or the confessionals, you know, that kind of a thing. I mean, you've had some experience about that. You were talking about that with me earlier about the the engagement and the impact that it's had on you. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, so, uh, and I remember you, uh, uh, telling me when I, uh, showed you the blog post that I share initially with my audience, mm-hmm. which is, uh, which is about depression and, and, uh, and suicide and whatnot. Uh, you know, and I remember you said, you know, funny this, stuff. this is good, but it's a little bit risky. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it is funny. Yeah. It, it's not as horrible as it sounds, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, no, yeah. And, uh, that, post in particular has, you know, I've gotten a lot of feedback from that and, uh, you know, a lot of engagement from, from my audience. And, you know, I I remember in particular, uh, just a couple of days ago, I got an email from uh, a veteran in the United States who, you know, asked me for permission to share that, um, that post because, you know, it's a, it's a serious problem. And obviously it's a especially serious problem, uh, among, uh, you know, former soldiers. Sure. Sure. And, you know, and so, which was of course, you know, flattering and, and I was very honored that he wanted to do that, you know, so, uh, and that also told me a lot, you know, and this is not the only person who has sort of engaged right. and, you know, I've got, gotten a few emails and, and comments and stuff on that post. So clearly I've hit some sort of nerve with my audience with that post right. in a good way. Well, and, and there's a great example of how something like that, if you're seeing this theme pop up in the engagement, then that can lead to sort of spinoff content, you know, whether it's yeah. firing up your phone and having a conversation with fans about um, the impact that that's had on you um, and, and how, you know, the post resonating with others is, has had an impact on you. Maybe, uh, you could send out a, uh, it could become a catalyst for an invitation for fans to reach out if they've ever been in a similar state or it could be the you know a conduit uh, or inspiration for a blog post or whatever the case may be but um, again I think that's that's what I'm ultimately trying to articulate is that's kind of how it goes. Once you start to see that certain things are resonating, it tells you, oh, OK, I, I see what they're seeing. Now I'm, I feel inspired to create even more content along those lines um, or talk about something in more depth or whatever the case may be. And you'll see that, yeah. hey, wow, video really resonates with my audience. And I've been thinking I was a better writer, so I should do more video um, or or, you know, what, again, whatever the case may be. Like I find this with MMM, for example, the, the weird little news stories tend to get e- e- extreme reactions. And yet I could spend two days crafting a, a video lesson and it wouldn't get half the reaction. Um, yeah. And all of this, you know, is really interesting and helps t- to help. It helps me make better decisions about the content that I'm creating and how to ultimately connect with my audience. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a again, it's like a funnel. You know, we talk about funnels sure. in marketing. This is a different. This is like a creation funnel. You know, you throw everything at the wall and certain things. Take, so you're able to narrow it down and then you, know, you keep doing that and then you can narrow it down further until, you know, uh, eventually you'll probably, I would imagine, have a very clear idea about your audience and what they respond to. And, you know, interestingly, you speak of funnel. I mean, this is another great way to sort of uh, crowdsource what could become your eventual MMM style funnel. You know, you create that blog post that just gets an overwhelming response compared to everything else. Well, now there's your, there's your uh, piece of content, you know, blog post number one for your funnel. And, uh, you know, blog post number two could be the next, the next piece of content that got a great reaction that also ultimately fits the bill based on the different triggers that we're ultimately trying to touch. And again, I'm kind of getting off course, but, but I do this yeah. a lot, you know, I'll share something organically and go, wow, that, that struck a nerve and then incorporate it into my funnel. So all good stuff. I hope that makes sense. You know, it's a, 
it's a big topic. There's a lot of little nuances that are hard to explain in a podcast or anything short of a of you know ten hour course or something like that. But doing the, <laughs> doing this stuff is not you know people want these push button strategies where hey I'm gonna buy a course, spend ten minutes, push a button, and be famous. That that doesn't exist. It it the the nuances are complicated and at times difficult but the the fundamentals are actually pretty straightforward find an audience figure out what they care about give them more of what they care about build a relationship with those people be authentic and then um ask for a bit of support from time to time and however you get there whether it's with one of these five dollar a day strategies or a bigger more serious mmm style strategy uh or any of a number of other um plays that i've you know i and others have in their marketing playbooks um i think they're all going to get you ultimately to the same place and the same realization that that's what we're trying to do we're just trying to build an audience and monetize that audience so uh, you know, again, big topic. Hopefully that made a few light bulbs go off. Uh, as I've said, I've got music ads workshop coming up uh, shortly here, uh, depending on when this releases. But uh, probably I'm guessing, well, it's currently scheduled for December 6th, assuming I make that deadline. Uh, that'll be about two weeks from when this is likely to be released. Um, and uh, we'll be going into a a whole lot more depth there. We'll be talking about uh, all kinds of advanced strategies, different ways that you can use Facebook advertising to promote your music. Um, there'll be a whole bunch of really uh, powerful stuff there. It's really designed to be sort of the definitive course on on Facebook uh, advertising for musicians. So if you want to check that out, go to musicadsworkshop.com. There's an early bird bonus uh, to everyone who signs up on that early bird list before it's actually released. So um, uh, and a discount, by the way. So check that out and uh, otherwise Avinder did I pronounce yeah. it right did I pronounce that no. right no mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you um I'm not, I'm not even going to try thank you for being here and everyone should yeah. should go uh to his site I'm just you're just yeah, you're just, one just speaking of you in, in pronouns now um <laughs> Yeah, that's good. That's fine. You know, as, as long as it's the correct, ah, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Well, Call check out, heaven. check out his stuff at one bad day dot rocks. Thank you for taking the time out of your day uh, to be here. Oh, your, you. your, your night. I think it's getting pretty late for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. and thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed this, uh, episode again. I expected to have a bunch of screenshots and I only reference one, but I'm sure as I'm editing this up, I'll think of a few more that will be valuable to you folks. I'll put them there on that post episode number 32. Check it out at musicmarketingmanifesto.com. Thanks, man. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can market your music using the direct-to-fan strategies discussed on this show, then head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. Once again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com.